grace, mercy, and peace to you. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll tell you about a fellow I met with in college. Um, even though I grew up about 20 miles from him, I never met him until attending college. His name was Dave. Dave was an amazing person, an amazing man. You see, at the age of 12, he developed a rare and really devastating disease, which took his eyesight. He, within a year's time, went from poor eyesight to completely blind. Dave was a character in both senses of the term. He was a man, and he is a man of character, but he was also quite a character as well. Now, Greek and Hebrew are hard enough to study. There are different languages with different scripts, and Hebrew in particular with an entirely different way of thinking and expressing those thoughts. Well, guess who was leading the class in both languages as well as just about everything else and having to do it in braille but of course Dave Dave when you were walking along the sidewalk he would be walking with his cane to find his way and it was amazing how often he would greet people by name he obviously couldn't see us somehow or other he figured out who we were one day, I uh, was in spring and, and uh, was one of those beautiful days, I was walking back to the dorm from class and I saw a car coming slowly down the street and it honked and they kind of, it kind of stopped out there and it was Dave and he had glasses on and he was driving and he said, Charlie, it's a miracle, I can see. And he said, have a great day, bye. And he took off and he went down the corner and turned and went on up the street. Well, of course, we couldn't see and what we didn't know is that Dave had Dennis uh, laying on the floor with a periscope watching the way and telling Dave who was there, where to turn and when to stop. They only went a little ways on the campus road, so it was safe, but wow, he was a character. Dave, really could not see. He was not totally independent. He could do a lot, but he still needed someone to help him, needed others to help him get around to other strange and different places that he was, where he was not available. He needed someone to show him the way. I get frustrated when I need these just to see what's in front of me. Dave, uh, he couldn't see anything. And I think that's kind of the way it is for a lot of us in these dark days of the coronavirus, the novel coronavirus outbreak. Days when we can't see an end to the challenges, an end to the isolation, an end to the anxieties and fear of the unknown. You know, there's a greater kind of blindness that we need to talk about along with that today. What is it like to lack a vision for God? What is it like to not be able to see God, to know God, to understand God, what is on his mind? What's it like to be without hope, 
and a future that only God can give. Now you would think that God's ancient chosen people of Israel, if anyone would know him and would rejoice in him, this is not just any old God, but the true God of grace and mercy. And they could clearly see his love in their lives each day and confidently look to an eternal future with him. But so often they fail. Listen again to Isaiah's words to them and to us today as well. Who is blind but my servant and deaf like the messenger I send? Who is blind like the one committed to me, blind like the servant of the Lord? My servant, Isaiah said. It refers, first of all, to God's chosen people, to the Israelites, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They'd been called to be his beloved, set-apart people. They were called not only for that, but they were called to proclaim the mystery and wonder of God in the world. Their problem, idolatry. They turned to focus on self rather than focus on God. Turned in on themselves, they could not see God as the one, the only. And so easily it seems they looked to the other gods around them for the blessings that they need. Even with God visibly present in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night as God led Israel to freedom from slavery in Egypt, they grumbled about the way he chose to lead them and about how he provided for them. Instead of praising God as they should have, they grumbled against him. And when the Lord did bring them to the promised land, he cleared out everything and everyone who could be in their way so that they could be blessed, so that his name might be praised, so that he might be present among his people in tabernacle and later in the temple. But Israel, the chosen people of God, to be God's banner of love for all to see, to receive his blessings through them, Israel instead fell into worshiping other gods. And that cycle of Israel's idolatry and foreign occupation by invading armies and judgment and then repentance and deliverance by God, well, it's a cycle that gets repeated throughout the history of God's people of old. Couldn't they see God's blessings, his very presence among them? Couldn't they see God's just judgment that would come if they turned from him? It all looks so clear to us, which leads us to an important question. Can we see it coming? How often do you hear these days, why can't the government finally get this right? After all, this is not a political issue. This is a human issue. Coronavirus is spread all over. Why must it take so long to make a vaccine or to provide the supplies that medical professionals need? When 
Can we go back to school, to work, to dining out with friends and family, to travel as we wish? It's the middle of March. We should be watching uh, the, the March Madness right now. There's not a sport on TV that's not an old recording. When? When something really stupid or really tragic happens, many begin to question rather than to trust. We think we should be able to see exactly what's going on, exactly what's going to happen, to know really what we want to know, to control our lives so that we can bring what leads us to health and prosperity and happiness, the great American dream. You would think that we would learn from the past. This is not the first time an epidemic has come. It's the first time a pandemic of this nature and of this scope has come in my lifetime. But it's nothing new we can learn from history. And it's not just Franklin County or even Kansas or even the United States. This is a worldwide event. All that we thought we could see clearly is threatened. The economy, our daily lives, even life itself as the pandemic spreads to more and more people. Are we surprised at our blindness? We shouldn't be. Our natural, natural born within blindness to God and the things of God, it's what theologians call the old sinful nature, is still a reality. It always wants to drag us down and tear us away from the God. And when that happens, we look to other gods, small g. God's more convenient, more conventional, more comfortable. Gods that we can control. <laughs> but are they really gods then? Because they ultimately lead us into the darkness of sin. And in the darkness of sin comes death. Again, God asks, who is blind like my servant? You've seen many things, but you paid no attention. Your ears are open, but you hear nothing. That's what Isaiah said of God's people of old. Does it apply to us today? Are we any different? We all too easily look at our community, but we fail to see people, our friends, our neighbors, perhaps even our own family members. There, we fail to see their greatest need of all, to spend an eternity with God in his blessed presence. We may not notice the needs of others, the needs of our church in which our gifts of time, talent, and treasure could truly make a difference. But we pay no attention to the opportunity or the blessings which may result from such sacred service. And it's not just in the church. We listen to the appeals to get involved in loving God first and loving our neighbors as ourselves, but we so easily fall prey to disobedience to the Spirit's call. We seek, we even demand God's blessings, but fail to hear and humbly obey 
God's call to repent and return to him who loves us, who loves us enough to call us back to himself, back to him who can heal, who can give sight to we who are blinded by sin. Faith must precede sight. Faith. Only then can we really see what God would have us see. And what God would have us see most is his love. Love made perfect in the servant of God, the perfect servant of God, who hears and sees it all. Who is like my servant, God asks, the servant of the Lord, would take upon himself all the darkness of sin itself. He would become the worst idolater, adulterer, blasphemer, thief of all thieves, drunk of all drunks. Jesus took our place under the curse of God's holy and perfect law. As the true servant of the Lord, Jesus did this because he is exercising the love of God. He did so as the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He himself has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows so that sin and its blinding consequences might be defeated once and for all, that we might be freed from the eternal consequences of our sin, namely death, eternal death, that we might be freed to return to life, life with God, with confidence, both now and forever. For the punishment that brought us peace was upon him by his wounds we are healed. On the cross, in a moment of time, Jesus, the suffering servant Savior, became the guilty one who died so that we might live. In him we see real hope, real peace, real joy. Even in these troubled times, we see it through faith in that Savior who came and did the things we couldn't do and now gives us insight into God's love, reveals God's love, opens God's love to our hearts and eyes and minds. He comes to us in the pages of Holy Scripture, the Bible, and we see there the love of God the Father who would shape our, our lives in such a way so that we can truly live, live the life of love that he has designed us for, love to him, love to our neighbor. Faith sees the goodness of God, even in the darkest hour, when all seems hopeless, when we are helped. Faith focuses on God's grace, God's mercy. God is always present. He is with us, always blessing. God's people can see by faith because God has removed from our eyes the darkness of sin and death and eternal condemnation so that we now, as the apostle said, might walk by faith, not by sight. No, this is not always easy. It's not painless. 
Yes, we still bump into things in the darkness of this world, but we're headed home to God. And until then, he's shining the brightness of his love on us and through us as he now invites us to let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.